1938, a man named Barney Josephson decided that he would shake things up. And so he opened up a club in the Sheridan area of Greenwich Village. And he called it a cafe society as a kind of a cynical affront to the bourgeois, high-class group of people, Claire Booth, Lucy, and people like that. Oh, very conservative, very upper class. He took their term and applied it to his club. In 1938, that was revolutionary. Because you see, he had the very first truly integrated club in America. He treated his clients exactly the same, whether they were black or white. And his club was set up with the express purpose of enhancing the promise of the African-American experience in the arts. Jazz was primary, but there was also dance and there was also gospel. And he programmed all of this at his cafe society. Now, it was a very modest building with very modest furnishings. So it was a very cynical name and he meant for it to be an affront to the more conservative upper-class Americans who would look down upon the very art and artist he was trying to elevate. And most certainly, they would look down upon his equal opportunity policy concerning his clientele. His politics obviously were a bit left of center. And this particular club in Greenwich Village was actually patterned after many of the more free-thinking clubs that he had grown to be familiar with in Europe. Now, although the club was fairly modest, the entertainment was all top shelf. The great Hazel Scott, wonderful pianist and singer who not many people know about, really need to Google her, really had her career developed at this cafe society. It's where she met her husband, Adam Clayton Powell, who immediately took her off the performance scene and uh, angered many of the men who came to see her, who really enjoyed coming to see and hear her. But you name them, Buck Johnson, John Coltrane, Duke Ellington, Count Basie, Ethel Waters, Ella Fitzgerald, Billy Holiday, Ben Webster, Lester Young, oh, the Dixie Hummingbirds. Oh, that's gospel. Sister Rosetta Thorpe, guitar playing gospel. Oh, yeah. And even 
groups that were considered country and folksy. He brought them in too. So he was trying to forge a America that we are still trying to forge. And this is in 1938. He featured top-notch artists to an integrated clientele from 1938 until 1948, 10 years. He even opened a second club a few blocks away because this experiment he had, it turned out, was quite popular among a certain segment of the American population. So it did not just benefit the artists themselves that was like a who's who of African-American artists and some white artists at that time that covered jazz and gospel, some folk and dance, but he was also trying to forge a brotherhood among his clientele and hopefully a real brotherhood among the American society. We are still working on that one, as it is obvious today. But in 1938, Bernard Josephson opened up his cafe society and he made a gigantic contribution and moving not just the prominence of African-American art, music, dance, forward, but he also moved the social consciousness of a nation forward. He also shook social and political restrictions to their foundation. And all of this, while the greatest music and musicians and dancers performed to an audience of Americans. Thank you very much, Mr. Josephson, for your contributions to making this the United States of America.